Blog Talk Radio. You unravel me with a melody. You surround me with a song. I deliver it from my enemy till all my fear has come. I'm no
Good evening, everybody. This is God's Hour of Truth. I'm Evangelist Apostle Prophet Edward Everly, and I'd like to welcome everybody here and around the world, the United States as well as around the world, and those who will be listening to this when it's on the on-demand section, which will be videos that are, have been pre-done. So I'd like to welcome everybody here tonight. And before we get started in our program tonight, let's ask the Lord's blessing upon it. All right? I want you to agree with me in prayer. Heavenly Father, as we come before you tonight, I just thank you, Lord, for this privilege to speak your word and teach your word over this airwaves here. Father, I would just pray tonight that you'd just give me the words to say, anoint my words, anoint the hearts of the listeners, Father. And, Father, you tell us in your word in Isaiah 55, 11, you said that your words will not return back void, but they will go forth with the intended purpose by which you sent them. So, Father, I ask you to send your word forth tonight in a mighty way, Father, that people will be saved, healed, delivered, and set free of whatever needs they might have, Father, because we know it's not by power and might, but by your Holy Spirit, by your anointing, Lord. It's by you, Father, and we ask you just to take over this program tonight. And for all it's accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. And they all said, amen and amen and amen. Okay, if you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew 24, and I'm just going to read two verses. Matthew 24, verse number 21, verse number 22. Now, I'm going to read from the Amplified tonight. It's pretty much the same as the uh, King James right there. It's just a little bit more explicit to what it really is. So it's the meaning of it, what, what I'm going to be reading. Verse 21 goes like this. For then there will be great tribulation, affliction, distress, oppression, such as not been from the beginning of the world until now. No and never will be again. And if those days had not been shortened, no human being would endure and survive, but for the sake of the elect, God's chosen ones. Those days will be shortened. Okay, this is speaking of the second half of the tribulation period. That's uh, three and a half years after the church is raptured. Three and a half years. So that's when the great tribulation begins, and to say it bluntly, literally all hell breaks loose on earth at that particular time that we're speaking of. Now, let's let's talk about today. Today, we are seeing things happen like we have never seen before. I've never seen things go on like we are right now ever in my life, and I've not met anybody that has seen that. We're seeing hatred. We're seeing violence. We're seeing corruption. Uh, we're seeing uh, things just turn about. We see people calling evil good, good evil, being pro- people being prosecuted for being good, Christianity trying to be stopped. We see people take it, trying to take uh, in God we trust uh, the Pledge of Allegiance, one nation under God. They try to take one nation under God out and take everything about God out of everything, taking down statues, taking our history away, taking our constitution, our country away. We're threatened right now by everything literally collapsing before us right now. It's a horrible situational time right now. But I'm not uh, speaking these negative things right there. I'm going to show you the answer to these things that's going to help you. But that's what we're seeing in the natural, okay? That's what the natural is. But you realize what I just read there in these two verses, what we're experiencing now is nothing 
compared to what lies ahead in the tribulation period. It is nothing. As bad as it could get on the earth here, it could never even be anything compared to the tribulation. I'll tell you why. First of all, the church won't be here, and the Spirit of God won't be here. He'll be here in a certain way, but it's really the days of the Gentile is past. It'll be the days of the Jews, you see. And therefore, to, to be right on target with it, there'll be no restraining power to keep evil held back like it is now. We have the church and the Holy Spirit keeping the forces of hell from us, protecting us right now. We have, have it being held back. It's because we're here as a body, body of Christ and the Holy Spirit here holding things back. When the church leaves this earth in the rapture of the church, there's going to be nothing holding anything back, and evil will have the free run. That seven years is given to the Antichrist power, and therefore what he says will really go that seven years. It's what the hell will be doing, the evil one will be doing. During that time will count. There won't be anybody or anything restraining him. It'll be all evil. So that's hard to imagine, really. You know, we think things are bad now, but compared to that, it's nothing because, I mean, really, it'll be hell on earth before hell itself. It'll be that horrible. So I, I said all that in, a, in this message. In fact, you'll probably say, what in the world is he talking about with this message? Well, the message is called The Road to Salvation. But I wanted to uh, uh, show you something in this. Now, who's going to be here doing a tribulation, you're going to ask? Well, who's going to be here will be those that didn't receive Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Those that are living and didn't accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, when the rapture takes place, they won't be going up. They'll be here. They'll be left for this. Now, either that will happen to you, or if you die before the rapture of the church, what will happen? You'll just go to hell. And I don't say that lightly. You will go to hell if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior. I'm, I'm just going to say things point blank tonight because we're living the time. If we're not point blank, we're going to be in a heap of trouble. So I have to speak this as it really is. There's been too much uh, soft-peddling things today. We have to tell it as it is. I'm not here to scare you or frighten you in any way. I'm just here speaking what the Word of God says. I'm sort of like a person who'd be standing out on the road, and it might be a half mile down the road. The road will end, and there'll be a, a drop off of a cliff because something collapsed. And I'm there, like standing in the road there, and then a car comes by, and I'm warning that driver, saying, "Hey, don't go down there because if you go that way, you're going to drop off into a cliff, or you're going to fall down in, in a uh, valley somewhere." Now I'm warning that person. I'm not trying to scare him. I'm just telling him what lies ahead. And that's what I'm doing to you tonight. I'm telling you what lies ahead, and I'm going to give you some understanding by the Holy Spirit what salvation is and just what it really, really means. So when you take it in that light, uh, what it boils down to, we need to know Jesus. We need to know Jesus because if you die, it's hell now. A person goes to hell without Jesus. And then after he goes to hell or she... What happens is at the very end of time, right before the new heaven and new earth, uh, be go going to the great white throne judgment and then cast into the lake of fire. That's, that's the destiny for people who don't know Jesus. But be before that time, if people are living and the rapture takes place, they're going to go through this horrible time on earth. I mean, it's a horrible time ahead. So what we're experiencing now is nothing compared to that. So I'm going to show you how you can escape this, how you can escape this. Okay. The road to salvation. It starts out 
in Romans 3.10. Now, I'm going to read that. If you don't have your Bibles, that's all right. If you want to write the scriptures down or whatever. But I want to explain these things to you for an understanding, just what salvation is and what to do and how to be saved. And then at the end, I'm going to lead you to salvation in a prayer. Okay? First of all, there's none righteous, no, not one, Romans 3.10 says. Nobody is righteous. We're all guilty of sin. Even that little baby. In fact, I had a, a number 12 grandchild, great-grandchild born uh, just the other day. Now, that little baby was born in sin, or any little baby is born in sin. And I'm going to tell you why here in a few minutes. Just why is, is that? Because you say, how in the world is a baby born in sin? Well, I'm going to explain to you just how that is. But we're, there's none righteous, no, not one. It says in Romans 3.23, all sin and comes to the glory of God. So, we are all sinners from the time we were born, whenever we were born, until now, whatever we are. If we receive Jesus, we're not sinners anymore. We're saved. But if we don't know Jesus, we're still sinners. Okay? Now, how did we fall under that? Why, why are we uh, sinners? Just what caused that? Well, let's look at Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world. And death by sin, so death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. Now, who was that man that uh, sinned, that uh, brought sin upon all of us? Well, it was Adam, Adam and Eve, when they ate of the forbidden fruit tree. That's where sin was. They disobeyed God. They disobeyed God. So what happened was when the enemy tempted Eve, it was deception. It was deception with him. He deceived her. He, she didn't know. But Adam walked into it openly. He knew better, but he walked into it openly. The woman was deceived, but Adam wasn't. But they ate of that forbidden fruit tree, and therefore sin passed upon all mankind. Now, in those temptations that uh, the enemy spoke, the serpent spoke to Eve, there were three things there involved in that. And first of all was the lust of the eyes, then the pride of life and the lust of the flesh. Those three things are with a sin that when he tempted her, okay? Now, every sin that we could commit or anything wrong that we can do is under one of those three headings. The lust of the eyes, the pride of life, or the lust of the flesh. Either one of the three. Every sin, anything wrong falls under that category. So they failed that category. They failed that. So therefore... Sin fell upon all mankind, everybody born after that time. Sin. Sin was upon mankind. Okay? Let's bring us up to the time of Jesus. Now, remember Jesus, when he first started out in ministry, he went to the mountain and he prayed and fasted 40 days. And it tells us that uh, the enemy came and tempted him three times. Now, those three times were the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. In fact, that's found in 1 John 216 where it tells you those three things now those three things jesus was tempted of satan but remember he used the word which back in that time there wasn't the bible there there was, was the old testament you see was the the, the day uh, of that time was simply the scrolls and the things that they had the jewish people and he quoted Jesus the commandments after them he said there were no other gods before the lord and he spoke at we should live every word by out of the mouth that proceeds out of the mouth of God. I won't do anything except the word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. That's what I live, not for bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of God's mouth. 
and he said he said these things back to the enemy, and he overcame the enemy in these three temptations. And when he overcame the enemy, it said the enemy left. Now, why did Jesus do that? Well, he did that because Adam and Eve failed. And if he wouldn't have done that, there'd been no way out, you see. He gave us victory over all temptations that come our way in sin that we don't have to sin, you see, because he passed that test. He's the second Adam. The first Adam failed. The second Adam, which was Jesus Christ, passed those tests before God. And through him, if we are in him, we pass the test. We have that same ability, even though there's none of us are perfect in our walk. But we, we ask the Lord's forgiveness. We do something wrong, we sin. We have to ask his forgiveness. We are not perfect. But yet he did things that we could be perfect if we'd be always following him and obedient unto him. So he passed those three temptations, you see. So a lot of people say, well, how people say, well, Jesus uh, didn't do this and didn't do that. He hadn't experienced this. Now I have, how can you say that he's been through everything that we are and he went through all temptations like we do because He's a man. He didn't give birth to a child in the sense of a man giving birth or some things, you know, that women experience that men don't experience. But how he is tempted always like you and I are was under those three temptations to the uh, extreme, to the extreme. He, by the devil himself, tempted him, you see. When he passed those tests, he overcame, was victorious over them. That gave you and I that right and that ability also in him and through him, not in ourselves but through him. So otherwise, we'd still be in our sin. But he passed that test. He became victor in that. And then he started his ministry, you see. That's when he could say that I was tempted always as you, but yet without sin, which the word teaches us, doesn't it? It tells us we can be tempted in, in anything, and Jesus overcame it no matter what it was. He was tempted always like us and never sinned. And that's why he says that. Okay. Now, what do we get for being a sinner, for being in sin? We don't know Jesus. What's the reward for it? Well, it tells us in Romans 6.23 that the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We get paid for living a sinful life without Jesus Christ. is death or eternal separation from God in a lake of fire. That's what our reward is for it. But we have eternal life, which is a gift of God, eternal life, taking us away from damnation and giving us a home in heaven that he's prepared for us someday to live with him forever in peace and in and, and, uh, heaven, ways that we don't even understand. It's so wonderful, so great. It's beyond our understanding. He has such a great place prepared for us. Heaven, the streets are made of gold. Uh, everything is just perfect. We have that lying ahead for us in Jesus Christ. But if we don't have Jesus, then there's a lake of fire that we would live in eternally. Never be exhumed, but we'd feel that torture, pain in our, our bodies that never burned up. We would uh, have that mental torment that we didn't have to be there if we would just receive Jesus. We'd have the past memories of what we did and our sins and the wrong things we did over and over and over. It would play in our minds for all eternity. It would just be rolling in our minds all eternity, the feelings, the mind thoughts, what we could have had, and, and would never see our loved ones again or anything. All that is what is going on in people that are in hell right now. So that torment, that torment is beyond even understanding. In fact, hell is beyond our understanding as well as heaven is beyond our understanding. We can't imagine the horror of hell 
or the glory of heaven to what it really is. We just have a, a little glimpse. We see things in a shadow or darkly, you see. So that that's what, what really lies ahead. Okay. He tells us uh, after that, he says that uh, in Romans 6.23, the ways of sin is death, as I shared with you, but the gift of God is eternal life in Jesus our Lord. Okay, now. How do we how do we get this? What what do we really what do we really have to do to uh, come to the place that we're going to have eternal life? Well, it says in Romans ten nine and ten, it says, "If thou wilt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and will believe in thine heart that God raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believes to righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation." Okay, we have to believe that Jesus Christ died for us. He died, he paid our sin debt, and God rose him from the dead. We have to believe that we're sinners. And he died, He paid the price. He died, buried, and was resurrected for us. And then we have to just simply come to him out of our mouth. We believe that in our hearts on the righteousness. Then come out of our mouth and say, Lord, I repent. I ask you to forgive me of my sin. Come into my heart and save me and just take over my life. Just that simple. It's really that simple. Acknowledging you're a sinner. Acknowledging that Jesus Christ paid your sin debt. He died, buried, was resurrected, and shed his blood for you. Then saying, Father, I repent of what I've done. I, don't, I want to turn about. I, I don't want this life anymore as it is. I want to live for Jesus. Come into my heart. Save me. Just take over my life. And if you truly mean that in your heart, it's just not the words you say. It's what your heart's saying to God, not what your, just your confession is. Because you notice there where it says, with the heart, man believes on the righteousness, you see. We have to believe in our heart, and that brings righteousness. Then we speak it out of our mouth. Out of the abundance of our heart, our mouth speaks out of the abundance of our heart. So if we really mean that, then we are saved. And it tells us in, in Romans 5.24, we pass from death to life. You know how I look at that. You know, it's just like an airplane. I, I picture this now. It's like an airplane getting ready to crash. You know, it takes a nosedive down, right? And that, you've seen that in movies. You see the airplanes are getting ready to crash, and they come speeding downward. Then all of a sudden, uh, somebody might be pulls the handle, and it turns it back up, and it, it goes back up again, right? Well, you see, that's really what I see salvation as, the way I was when I used myself. I was heading down, 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 down. When I received Jesus Christ into my life, it's just like God pulled that lever back, and where I was heading, just flipped around, headed upward, you see. Hell's down, heaven's upward. And that's exactly what happens. For the very instance you mean that in your heart, your life changes, you see. The Bible says that old things pass away. Behold, all things will become new to you, you see. And that's what that's what the experience is in Jesus Christ. He he shows himself to you. He reveals himself to you. And you know, uh, the Bible tells us some other things. I'm gonna I'm gonna go beyond this point right now. I'm gonna uh, take you to some other areas that we're gonna talk about. And then we're gonna get back to what we're, we said right here. It says, if I call upon the name of the Lord by faith and believe it, I'm saved. He said, if I call upon the Lord, he said, I'm saved. And the scripture that says that is Romans ten thirteen. It says, Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So aren't you calling upon the Lord when you say, Lord, I am a sinner. I believe that you died for me, were buried, resurrected for me. I repent, I turn from my wicked ways and, and I ask you to forgive me and to come into my life and take over my life. 
you called upon him. You asked him to do something. So he said you're saved, right? So that that that's right there. You have to accept as a fact. It's a done deal, okay? And uh, God's word tells us. He said you can know that you're saved. And it says in John 5:39, search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life, and they that they are which testify of me. Let me read that again. Search the scriptures, for in them you think that you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. So as you read the scriptures and take it to heart, uh, you search them, they testify of Jesus, you see, and you know that you have eternal life. Another scripture that gives us a witness on this is 1 John 5.13. He says, These things have I written to you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. You see, you can know it in your heart. That, that's the whole difference, you see. It isn't a hope-so situation. It's a know-so situation. There's another scripture here in Romans 8.16. It says, The Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. We simply, when it comes to salvation, we simply come to the place and acknowledge ourselves before God. And when we do this, he takes over our life. And you have these sensings within you because it's God dealing with you, you see. It's not man or something you use intellect for. You can't use your intellect. It's your spirit, man. Your spirit is born again, the real you, because the real you is in what you are in this body of flesh. Uh, you can look at me, and you actually don't see me because I have a body of flesh. You see my body of flesh. But the real me is inside this body of flesh. It houses the spirit man, you see. And the soul that people talk about is, is your mind, your thought process, your decision-making, your reasoning process, motions, and everything like that. That's your soul. Your body is your body, of course, but your spirit man is the real you. And the spirit man is the one that communicates with God. That's the one that becomes born again. That's where old things pass away, all things become new. And God will change your life. He wants to change your life. He wants to change your life, you see. Uh, fact, right now, people are, are, are really have no peace in their lives. They're tortured, they're tormented. No, no matter how much money you have or how your life is going, when you see what's happening in this world, it is pretty bleak. Uh, the rudiments of this world, the wealth and the good times and things like that is changing. Uh, things are changing no matter what you have. You recognize, hey, what is this life about? Is this all there is to it? And I see this world crumbling, you see, because literally it is. Literally it is. A lot of things have done like that. And eventually there won't be one stone left upon another because eventually it will all be gone. Everything will be flattened out. It's going to be purified. God is going to take care of it. He's going to, he's going to uh, burn it all up, and it's going to be a new heaven, a new earth. But you see, we right now are living a life here in a body of flesh, and God has put us here, and he's given us a life here, but he wants our life to be committed to him. Uh, it says in John 3:16, For God so loved the world that whosoever believeth him should not perish but have eternal life, everlasting life. He loves the world. He sent his only son, Jesus Christ, to die upon the cross. If whoever believes in him shall not die but have everlasting eternal life. He loved the world. He sent Jesus for us, you see. He sent him. That was the gift from God for us. And literally, God bankrupted heaven when he sent his son. He gave his son. He gave his all. 
he was, it was really literally God coming down here in the body of flesh, coming down to us, going through the horrors that so you and I wouldn't have to go through it, that you and I could receive him as our Savior, and he could give us an eternal home someday. And, you know, it's not only having an eternal home, which is the most important thing, being saved, going to heaven, not to hell. That'd be, if that would be all be to it, hey, that would be worth it, because I tell you, folks, I don't want to go to hell, and I don't want to be here during the tribulation period. So that alone would be worth anything, because what is life? It's short. Uh, Mark eight thirty six and 7 says, What the profit of, would profit a man if he gains the whole world but loses his own soul? Well, nothing could, because if you lived to be 100 years old and you had everything here that life could offer, what is 100 years compared to eternity? At my age right now, folks, I see life passes fast, okay? Life is short. James 4.14 says it's like a vapor of smoke. It isn't that it isn't, right? And as you get older, you just see how short life is. And life is short. Even young people can see it now. They're seeing this because we have a short time that Jesus returns. But the Lord wants to give us, while we're here, he wants to give us an abundant life. He wants us to have joy, peace, comfort, be healthy, prosper. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He wants to meet our needs. He wants to be there for us because he knows what you and I face in life. He's given us promises in the Bible that if we believe those promises and pray and ask him and receive them, uh, we receive them and we're healed or whatever our need might be. He takes care of our lives. You know, he's not only for eternity, for the sweet by and by that we talk about, which is the most important, but he's for now too because you're living a life. You want to have a life of peace? You want to have a life of joy? You want to have a life of fulfillment? You want to have a life of love? You want to have a life that you're not worried or fretting about what you're seeing going on before your eyes right now? You know, I see this stuff going on before my eyes right now. My wife and I see all this going on. But I have no fear about it because no matter what happens tomorrow, no matter what happens, God is still God. He's my God. He's going to take care of me, okay? And he will take care of you too because it's for all his children that simply give their hearts to him and simply love him and are obedient unto him. He's going to take care of all of us. You see, he didn't put respect one more than another. He did, no one gets more than another one does, really, in a sense, because what he does for me, he'll do for you. He's not a respecter of persons, the Bible tells us, you see. What he does for me, he will do for you. But we just simply believe his word. So salvation, we talked about just a minute ago, soul salvation, what I just led you in, really, the Romans Road. But, uh, you know, it goes beyond that, because once that begins, you see, salvation is of the spirit, soul, and body. It's to meet every need that we have in every area of our life. But it has to begin with salvation of the soul being born again into the family of God. Because if you're not in the family, you don't qualify for anything else. It's like a business. You know, uh, I can't go to uh, the Ford Motor Company when they're working and, and draw money or get a paycheck from them. I couldn't do that for the simple reason I'm not part of the Ford Motor Company. I'm not, I don't work there, you see. I couldn't get a check. I'm not in that Ford family. And that's the way it is with the things of God, you see. But he has these things for his family. Now, in John 10 and 10, it tells us that, that uh, Jesus came to give us life, to give it more abundantly. 
the devil came to steal, kill, and to destroy. But Jesus said, I've come that you might have life, and you might have life more abundantly. Now, he wants to give you an abundant life here, and he wants to get you a home in heaven. He's, going to, he's, building, he's building that home right now. He's preparing a place for us. But he wants to do all that for you. But what he wants of you is to give your heart to him and to obey him and serve him and do what his word tells you to do. That's, that's really what living for God is, folks. It's not complicated. It's not a Sunday thing. It's not a Wednesday thing. It's a full-time, it's a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle is what it is. In other words, Lord, I give my life to you, and as you read the Bible, you let him just speak to your heart, and then you do what the book says and what he inspires you in your heart to do. You just simply obey him because he wants to direct you. Not your pastor, not me, not your, your teacher, your mom, your dad, or whoever it is. The Holy Spirit will guide and direct you if you allow him to do it. I'm here to teach and help you along like your pastor or, or anybody else, you know, because I'm in the five-fold ministry. I, I teach, get people prepared, get them saved, healed, delivered, set free. I do those things. God does them through me. But only you can say yes to these things. Only you can open your heart and your mind to them and receive him because, you see, I can't do it for you. God can't even do it. God cannot override your will, you see. God has given you a will. And he will not override your will. He can't force you into anything. He made it purposeful like that because otherwise you'd be a robot. So God made a way for you. He made a way that in spite of these things, you can have joy and peace and strength, and you're not going to fear and worry. Fear and worry. Fear is the biggest thing in this world right now because what you're hearing about more of this outbreak, this this, uh, virus, uh, supposed to be really bad in November and shutting things down again money-wise and riots and fighting. These things are horrible, you know, but I have no fear of it. I have no fear of it, and I know many other people, friends of mine, are not fearful about it because we trust God. And you can have the same thing we do because he can be your God. But all you have to do is say yes to him. Now, this isn't a message that's trying to scare people into things. You know, I've heard it said sometimes when you preach the salvation message, from a lot of times it's been said over the years, well, you try to scare people into salvation. I never try to scare anybody into anything. I just teach what the Bible says. And actually, I'll be honest with you, if I wasn't saved and I didn't have Jesus now, I would be scared. I would truly be scared because for the simple reason that, hey, I have nothing to hold on to. I have nothing to hang on to. But with Jesus, with Jesus in my life, I'm not fearful because greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world, the Bible says, the first John 4, 4. The greater one's in me, you see. The greater one's in me. And therefore, by his stripes I'm healed. He said, the Lord is my shepherd. In the 23rd Psalm, I shall not want. He's going to take care of me. He promises. And I've seen it over all these years, all these 50 years that I've, I've known the Lord, since 1970, I've known the Lord. And my wife and I have seen the Lord do miracle after miracle in our lives, in our ministry, seen incredible miracles, incredible miracles, just like you're reading the Bible there. I've seen things just as great as what you read in the Bible. I could give you, I could speak probably till next week telling you things, volumes of things. And there's lots that I have forgotten because our God is faithful, folks. He is faithful and uh, <laughs> I tell you, today, today I'm just talking tonight. I'm just talking, just teaching a little word and just talking to you. 
uh, you know, time is short. And, you know, you want to be prepared. You want to be ready. You want a life change. I know you do. Everybody does it, doesn't know Jesus. They really do. They might want to admit it, but you want a life change. You you need something beyond yourself. You need help beyond yourself or beyond any man or any woman. And I'm here telling you tonight that I know one that will give you help, will lift you up, will strengthen you, will meet you where you're at. He said in Psalms 46, 1, that he's our refuge and our strength and a very present help in time of trouble. In time of trouble. And he says in Psalms 46, 10, be still and know that I am God. He wants to show himself to you. He wants to show himself to you personally. And he will show himself to you tonight. If you but just pray this sinner's prayer meaning in your heart and let him have your life, you will see he will reveal himself to you as time goes on and you'll see that, hey, he is real. There is a real thing going on here, you see. He shows himself to you as you read the word and as you obey that word and you say, Lord, help me to understand. And just talk to him just like I'm talking now. It's not getting some type of a special prayer, but just talk to God. That's what prayer is. Really, prayer, the real definition of prayer is speaking what his word says to him. Like, by your stripes I am healed. I can do all things to you that strengthen me. You supply all my needs. You're my refuge. You're my strength. You're my healer. You're my provider. You're my joy. You're my peace. That's all Bible verses right there. What he says in his word, you're quoting it back to him. And he likes to hear that because he said, I give you this if you receive it by faith because I want you to have it. He said, I am joy. I am peace. I am provision. I am strength. He said, I'm all these things to you, but you must allow me to come in your life and I can be this to you, you see. He said, I am all these things, but I can't give these things to you unless you let me in. You know, it's like like the picture that we've all seen. I've seen since I was a, a little kid, that picture of Jesus standing at the door. And, you know, he was there knocking. But do you ever notice in that door there was no latch right there? That means he couldn't put his hand in the latch and open it up. That means you had to open it from the inside. And that's what that, that picture signifies right there, that he can't force his way and he won't force his way in. You have to open that door and say, come on in, Jesus. And that's what the sinner's prayer is, as I just said to you, that I'm going to be uh, speaking in a minute here to you all. And those that will, would like to receive Jesus Christ tonight, repeat what I'm going to say right here when I say these things. And if you repeat these things and you mean it in your heart, you're as saved as I am. You're as saved as I am. Okay? So I'm, I'm going to speak these words right now. I want you to repeat. Repeat these words after me, but mean them in your heart. Because the words mean nothing unless you mean them in your heart. Remember, we believe in our heart to righteousness. Confession is made to salvation. So you're confessing out of your mouth, but right now you believe it in your heart. I believe what this, this man is saying. I believe what Ed is saying here tonight. So therefore, I'm going to speak it out of my mouth as he praises. And as you speak it out of your mouth, he hears that, and that, that's what saves him. Are you ready? Heavenly Father, I know that I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus died for my sins. He was buried, and he shed his blood, and he was resurrected for me. Right now, Lord, I repent, and I ask you to forgive me of the sins that I've committed, of all my sins. 
Cleanse me, O Lord. Cleanse me, O Lord. I come on to you right now, and I ask you to forgive me. Come into my heart. Take over my life. Change me. Make me a new person. And I'll thank you for it, Lord. I will serve you. I give my heart to you right now. In Jesus' name. And I thank you, Lord, for saving me. I thank you, Lord, because, Lord, you tell me in your word that whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And I called upon you, and I repented, and I told you I was sorry, and to come into my life and take over my life. And I know you you shed your blood on the cross, and you were buried and resurrected for me. You did all this for me. So now, because you did this, and I came to you, I'm saved because I asked you, Lord, and thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Now, Lord, just come into my life in a strong way. Reveal yourself in a mighty way to me, Lord. Just take over my life. I love you, Lord. I love you. I love you. Just raise your hands now. Just raise your hands and thank him. Say, Lord, thank you for saving me, Lord. Thank you for saving me. Thank you for saving me. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, I, I felt a joy in there as I was praying here, just speaking there as a joy. I felt the joy of the Lord just coming into many of you right now that had prayed that prayer, had prayed that prayer. I felt like a joy coming coming into you now, coming into you. And I want to do something, too, right now about this, because there's many things I could, could be said about that, but... The first instruction I do want to give you is uh, after the program here, I want you to go into your prayer closet where you pray, whether it's your bedroom or wherever it is, and say, now, Lord, is there anything else that I have done uh, that uh, I need to correct or make right? If I need to go to somebody or something I need to say or quit doing or whatever, reveal to me anything else that, uh, that I need to do because I truly want to be in obedience to you and I want have everything completely right. So that's what, what the pastor said to me and my wife 50 years ago. He said, go into your room and ask him if there's anything else that he'd wanted me to do or say or anything. And we did just that. We went in and we prayed. So, And he'd give you any other instructions. And really, uh, after this, then I, I would really advise you all to start in the book of John, St. John. And before you read it, say, Lord, help me to understand this word Show me what you're saying, Lord, and just read and just leave the, uh, the Lord just revealed to you because it's not an intellect. It's not a book of intellect. It's a spiritual book, and he will, he will, he will minister to your heart as you read that. I can't tell you. It's like the old saying, better felt than tell, but you'll sense that as you go in there with an open heart and ask him to teach you his word, he'll do that. Because I was really afraid when I first got saved in a sense, and I don't like to use that word, but I saw a great big Bible, and I knew literally nothing. And I said, Lord, give me understanding of this thing, this book. Give me an understanding of what, what, it's, what it means. And he did just that. He showed me where verses were, and I learned to quote verses. I could really speak verses. I know where most things are in the Scripture. I can quote the verses like that. God give me that, that gift. But he will do it for you, too. He will show you those things. The Bible says in Psalms 119.11, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee. So that's where you want it in your heart. 
You know, your your mind and your heart is a computer, and what you read when you start in the, the Gospel of St. John, it'll enter into your mind and into your heart that when you have need of it, it'll come back out because it, it, it's in the computer, in you, you see. So no matter when you read, if you get, would get 100 sermons or no sermons or whatever it might be, that word is going in there, and it'll come out as you get the, you need it, you see. It's in there, so when you have need, whatever part you have need will come out to you. That's why it's so important that you and I study uh, the Word of God, meditate on it, and uh, just let God speak to us through that Word, because he will. When you do that, you're you're a young Christian. Now, you receive Jesus, but he'll speak to you, because I, I see God doing so many things now to people who are just born again that I've never seen in the past. But he, he just growing up people very quickly. Time is so short that God is doing things very hurriedly now. He's doing them, and he, he'll minister you. So that's, just go to him with that open heart. And he, he'll show you. But start out in the book of, of St. John. And I want to I give you my uh, address, my email address, if you have any questions or comments, because uh, if you need any further instruction, you know, I take it that uh, I know a lot of churches are closed now. Some are open. Maybe you know some uh, Christian pastors or, or, or some people to help you because you do need some encouragement during this time. But I'm, I'm putting this out here, uh, so I'll be here for you if you, you need something to talk to me about or any questions or anything because I know it's a little more difficult now. I know it depends where you're from, but different states are closed churches and some are open, and I just don't know what the story is with a lot of them. But I'm going to give you my address if you have any questions, if I could be of any help to you to, to help you along in your, your new faith. But if you have a pencil and paper here, I'm going to give you my email address that you can contact me. In fact, I'm on Facebook. I, I do a lot of work on Facebook, a lot, a lot of work on the, the social media. I do a lot of uh, programs and things on there, and I have different programs, not just this one here, but other ones that I'm, I'm with and involved with. So uh, it's under Edward Eberly. Uh, in uh, Facebook, so if you'd like to be my friend on there, you can just look me up and, and be friends, or right now, if, if you have a problem, find me on there or something, you can just tell me it's my email. My email is extended, that's E-X-T-E-N-D-E-D, hands, H-A-N-D-S, of Jesus, at yahoo.com. Let me say that again. Extended, E-X-T-E-N-D-E-D, hands, H-A-N-D-S, of, O-F, Jesus, J-E-S-U-S, at yahoo.com. That's all small case in there, but that's my my uh, email that you can contact me with. And uh, I have a website also, and I'll, I'll, I can give you that through the email and everything, too. Uh, so if you can contact me, because I like to provide that, because I, I don't know who or what's going on in the realm of, of where you are at and receive those that receive Christ tonight. I don't know where you're at or what is happening. So I want to make sure that I'm here to be able to, to help you a little bit and a little encouragement and show you and teach you some things there, because uh, you're like a baby when you first get saved, you know, and you never throw a baby out in the street when they get saved. That baby has to be raised and grown, you know. And help, you see, if you need help along the way. But I want to just tell you, the important thing now is that you uh, would read your Bible and you pray. 
And uh, I'm, I'm going to say a prayer with you all here right now, if you'll say this, because uh, God can provide these things. There's a lot of things that, that I can see are needed, and I don't know, but God is the provider. He knows what he's going to do with each and every one of you, okay? And he's going to make a way for you, okay? I'm going to pray right now for everyone who received Jesus Christ tonight, for him to direct your lives and direct people to you to help you, that you will find your footing in things and be able to be a part of something, have, have people where you're at that can truly help you, the right kind of people now, not people that are not uh, would be able to help you, but people who really love the Lord that can help you. I want to pray a prayer, and I want you to enter in with me right now, and I want you to expect, I want you to expect that God's going to make a way and bring people to you to help you, okay? Because I have faith to believe it. This is how I use faith in things. I, I believe these things, and I see the hand of God do these things, doing these things, you see. So we're going to believe right now that God's going to get you hooked up somehow where you're at. I don't care if you're in another country. I don't care if you're in the United States, what state you're in. God is everywhere, and he'll meet you where you're at. There's no limitations. Okay? Okay, join with me in this. Father in heaven, I just want to praise you and thank you for those who received Jesus Christ tonight. Father, they are there now. Father, I don't know their situations or circumstances, where they're from or who they are. But, Father, I'm just asking you right now to, first of all, protect them from those that would try to hurt them. Put a shield around them, Father. Protect them, Father. And send those to them that can truly help them where they're at, where they live. It can be there for them, Father. Because they're little babies right now. They just come into the faith and they need much help, Father. Father, I avail myself, but I know they need people around them where they live that they can be helped, Father. So I'm just believing, Father, that you're going to provide for them right now, Lord, because you provide all our needs. You said I'll supply all your needs, and I know you want to help them grow and be strong in you, Father. So, Father, I just commit these people to you, and everybody even heard this message, and those that have not received Jesus and didn't receive Jesus that listen to this message in the future on the on-demand section, on Reaching Out Radio International. I just pray, Father, that you would move upon the hearts and, Father, speak to them and bring them into the kingdom by your Spirit. We know it's not by power of might, but by your Holy Spirit. So, Father, I just trust you to do a mighty work through this program tonight in the lives of so, so many, Father, that be added to the kingdom for your glory. And for, Father, for everything that's accomplished, we'll give you all the glory and all the praise. In the name of Jesus, we ask it. And they all said, Amen and Amen. Okay, that's basically all I have to say here this evening. But I just wanted to share this with you because uh, we're in a timely time right now. And really, I generally have a Tuesday program, but I moved it up today because tomorrow's election day. And I didn't want to hold it that day because I know people will be out busy voting and Everything is going on, so I, so I asked if I could just do my program tonight. And I felt to do this program, and there's, I just sense to do things this way. This is just the way this program worked out. But I know this life right now, what you're seeing, how important this is, that we're in a, a situation right now, win or lose, you see. It's, it's really that way. Our nation is hanging in the balance. And... Above all things, above that even, is what you learn tonight through the Lord. So no matter what happens in our nation tomorrow, no matter what happens in Jesus, you will not be defeated. You cannot be defeated because you're in the hands of God when you're in Jesus Christ. 
when you're in him, what happens is he takes care of you. He he is your source, not the world, not the government, not your job, but God is your source. You have to see him that way, and that's what he wants to be to you. He is your source. He said, I will supply all your needs. He said, by my stripes you are healed. You can do all things through me. He said, I can do all things through Jesus. And he said, my strength made perfect in your weakness. The weak things that are in your life, he wants to make them strong. He wants to help you right where you're at. Because right now, uh, and one more thing I'll say to you in closing, he has a plan for you. He has a plan for every man, woman, every boy, and every girl. He has a plan for you, you see, a special plan for you. We all have special assignments. Every man, woman, boy, and girl he has a plan for. And I pray and trust that you will find out that plan and let him do his plan, his will for your life. Because he has a plan for your life, a will, that when you leave this world, you won't go out of this world with regrets. Too many people are older, they pass away, and they have regrets of what they didn't do or what they should have done. But I have learned, no matter what I've done or what I haven't done, I have no regrets in the sense that I'm fulfilled because I'm serving God. I'm doing what he wants me to do. So therefore, I'm not going to leave this world in regrets. I'm leaving it in joy and peace because I'm obeying. I'm following the Lord and doing what he told me to do and following him. So therefore, I can't have any regrets because I'm following God. And you, you can be the same way. So you see, we have all those things in Jesus Christ. I've already just talked about a few things tonight, but I'm going to get off this program right now. I'm just going to let you all just meditate upon this, listen to this program. Again, it'll be up online before too long when it's processed uh, this evening in a little bit. And listen to it and just leave the Spirit minister to you through this program because he wanted to reach people tonight in this time because this is a this is a whole different time that I've never seen before, even the way I'm doing this program and I was different than I ever did it before because we're in the midst of some some things that are not too pretty. But God is there to redeem you. And that's what he's done tonight, to redeem you. Okay? All right. Well, I'll be back then in uh, this coming, well, two weeks more because I do a program every other Tuesday at 7 o'clock. So you all just obey the Lord, follow the Lord, and just love the Lord because he loves you. Okay, and I'll see you in about two weeks. Love you all, and you have a blessed night. What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases, full work limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.